What's going on, gym bros and gym girls? My name is James, and welcome to season two, episode two of Gym Bro Talks. Now, as you notice, again, we have Adrian on the show. I'm very excited to inform you guys that Adrian is officially part of Gym Bro Talks. So from now on, we are going to be doing these podcasts together. We'll have guests on. Uh, we'll be doing one-on-one chats. But I think you guys are going to really enjoy it because Adrian brings a lot to the table. He has a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience. Um, and I think he has a very strong passion for the gym, for fitness, for health. And so I think... Um, we're going to have a really great talk all the time. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy uh, these podcasts. Well, it's actually great to, uh, you know, to to be officially part of the process uh, of, of this podcast. It's uh, truly an honor uh, to actually have somebody invite me as a nobody, uh, you know, to be on a, a, a podcast, you know. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really awesome. You know, we... I like to talk about stuff. I have a lot of to say. <laughs> a lot of like very personal opinions on stuff. So uh, I, I really, really like enjoy that. But uh, for that being said, I think today we are going to step it up. Last time we talked about longevity. Did have, you know, a couple of comments and people reaching out, you know, asking about this, asking about that. But one of the major things uh, somebody actually reached out to me is, um, it's like, bro, man, we can't play body. We can't do bodybuild. No, like, oh, oh, by the way, this homie was, um, he shares the same race as us. Okay. Okay. So if you guys are, if you guys are listening, if you don't know, we're both Asian. Okay. And we're the Chinese Asian, the most they make. Okay. The most the world makes of, okay. We're that type. So one of my homies were saying that, um, you know, we, we're not fit for for the bodybuilding sport you know we'll never get into the olympia stage you know i personally i disagree uh which will make an example later but this actually brings us to the question i after he did say that we you know, i looked into a couple of other uh studies and that's because some of the stereotypes right now you know what what are the major uh, uh you know races out there that are you know playing in the uh, olympics or even in a very large sports, uh, you know, very well-known sport. So, you know, what do you believe, you know, like different races have their, their place? Um, have you ever, have you watched the movie Get Out? I think I've seen it, yeah. So it was that movie where the uh, uh, African-American guy um, was invited to the the white family's house right right and so the whole I, i'm sure everybody's watched it already so it won't be a, a, as much of a, a plot twist or a spoiler but essentially they invited them over so they can transfer their brains or their consciousness over to this uh african-american's body and utilize their body and you'll you'll, you'll see like in the within the movie there there'll be scenes where like the the, the black guys is like running and and they're just using their body because uh, I think the stereotype is that African Americans were just, Af you know, people of, I guess, I don't know how to put it, like talk with darker skin, right? When you're bored, uh, you made reading all of this, like, I know, I know. I, we, it's so hard. Um, I, I Look, honestly, it's hard now in this generation. Yeah. It's hard to say that that term in this generation <laughs> think about 15 years ago you can say whatever you, what you want it yeah. could be as racist as you want look at the movies back 15 years ago man you cannot get away with that shit right now yeah you can't you can't okay so um 
things that like we'll, we'll just we'll just um, we'll just put it out there as uh, 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 in terms of African Americans. There, I think there's other uh, name for it. I don't want to call it black case, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna brand it as black. But I think that that race that you're ta- specifically talking, let's just call it African race. Okay, let's right. say African. Yeah, I think African race would be a good term to 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 leave it there. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we have um, Asian, Asian race, you know, yeah. people of like us. We have yellow skin, black hair. And then we also have Caucasian, you know, that's more than enough. <laughs> right. Asian and Caucasian. So would you say generalizing Caucasian, African and Asian? Those are the three main races that exist in the world right now. Yes, I'd say so. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and like even like just like. Asian is like that's, that's such a big part of Earth. There's like a lot of different Asian. There's a lot of different whites. But I think generally speaking, we can kind of categorize it that way. Yeah. Um, you guys know that we're not just to put it out there. We're not racist. I, mean, I have a lot of black friends, but you know, just to kind of put that up front, so some of you guys know. But so essentially, there's there's another uh, clip that I watched on TikTok the other day. It was like a high school basketball team, and the coach was like so mad. He's like. God gave you the best gift in the world. You're black. You know, they made you black. That's all you need to succeed as a basketball, you know, uh, basketball player. And so I think the stereotype is that uh, a lot of black men, they actually are genetically blessed with uh, greater athletic abilities. But that doesn't mean that other races don't have necessarily have these athletic abilities. Maybe it's just a lower percentage of that demographic i totally agree with that so speaking of which i think um looking at the stereotypes you know why you know why african uh people are you know just genetically athletic we can actually even say let's just like brainstorm what is the most exciting sports to watch nba mm-hmm. uh football mm-hmm. american football mm-hmm. you know, so- well yeah football not soccer but soccer as well all right, soccer as well. Yeah, we call it soccer for all our European friends. Yeah, it's football for you. But so American football, soccer, all the exciting stuff to watch are all played by Americans. Africa. That's even bodybuilding right now. Yeah, I don't know if you guys watched the uh, past uh, Mr. Olympia back in December. Uh, but yeah, basically a lot of them that won are you know are our genetics with uh, a darker skin so i've actually looked into that and say so the stereotypical uh uh african i'll just say men okay i'm not going to speak for women uh i'm just going to say men for now uh typically they have a longer limbs okay this has also been uh you know there's a there's a there's a, i think there's a bone density and a bone structure type of uh, study out there uh i think it was done in 2021 um that we talked about different ethnicities uh, with uh their uh their bone density and how they're you know they're structurally built but it just averages out that uh you know africans have uh, longer limbs and a shorter torso mm. yeah and so structurally they're built this way mm-hmm. structurally uh, i wouldn't say uh, so what, like from a lifting perspective, okay, just, let's just like sidetrack like, so, uh, lifting perspective, you know, what is a good thing? What is beneficial for somebody with like a short torso and long limbs? Short torso, long limbs, good for deadlifts. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely it, right? Yeah. Dead, dead, deadlifts, 
a lot of pulling movements, mm-hmm. right? These these are like very very bad. So they they really benefit yeah. from that. What they suck at is they suck at pushing, right? Yeah, right. They really suck at pushing. It's got really big range of motion, right? Yeah, you like a travel path from let's say just any sort of bench press. The travel path is so much longer. Uh, but not to get sidetracked, they're also what is also their really benefited is they've got longer. They tend to have longer tendons within their muscles. So they have longer tendons, so the muscle loads are actually shorter. So that actually reflects, if you look at, oh my God, this guy, Usain Bolt. Yeah, I was actually just going to bring him up. <laughs> yeah, Usain Bolt, man. Yeah. Like the way he runs, like the tendons, man, so long the muscles. So he's very good at very explosive type of muscles. So for all those that you don't know that, short, uh, longer, uh, longer tensors with shorter muscle groups are more advantageous. I'm not saying it would be only good, good for one thing. They're more advantageous in explosive type of athletic work. So that's going to be, um, one of the bigger things in, uh, American genetics. Yeah. Uh, I would say, is there anything else? Yeah. I mean, you would say you want to talk about Usain Bolt, right? Oh, no, I was going to bring up Usain Bolt because like even even running like a lot of the top athletes in the world, like Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali, they're all, oh yeah, you know, of that ethnic background. And, you know, I think it's just, it's great. But again, like not to say like Sebum, very Arnold, like they're all very, very experienced. I don't want to say obviously in their experience. <laughs> they're all like Mr. Olympias. Um, and they all won like obviously first place. And so it, again, it's not to say that other races can't do it. And so like your friend said, oh, Asians, you know, can't maybe most, of, maybe a lot of the Asians don't have, can't. I mean, obviously with, with a lot of like hardcore training and the right diet and the right program, I'm sure you can make a lot of progress, but maybe there's a certain part of your genetics that's not going to allow you to make progress uh, to a certain point. That's correct. So just to dial back with, yeah, uh, you were talking about um, Arnold, you were talking about Siba. Yeah. All right. Uh, during, so when did, uh, Arnold come up? Arnold came up during the seventies. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that was all right. So the, during the seventies, uh, Arnold is considered, what is he considered? White? A patient? Would you say? Is he German? No, he's Austrian. Oh, he's Austrian. Yeah. He's Austrian. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's I would white. say European. So we'll just put him in the Caucasian. Yeah. How does your first sake? Now. We could look up the past, um, during that phase, um, I believe there were also, um, African or black skinned, um, competitors in bodybuilding. Okay. But something just kind of rolled my mind. Um, I think the racist back then was still a really, really big thing, right? Yes. Was it during the 70s? 60s, I think, 70s? I think, I would think so. Yeah. 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 So that other races wouldn't get as little opportunity. Yeah. The opportunities to do that. Yeah. So this is why I think that, yeah, they probably have like really good genetics. They probably may have even beaten Arnold. Yeah. But they didn't get the opportunity. I guess so. Yeah. Right? Maybe just, that just kind of came, came along. Oh, like, yeah. I was just thinking about that. But from that same study about bone density and a structural and muscle thing, I think Caucasians are actually very well built. They're averaging. Wait, what is the three? What are those three body types called again? Endomorph, endomorph, and what was the other? One? Mesomorph. Mesomorph. Where right, there you go. So which is which? 
So endomorph, you're typically a little bit bigger. Um, you, you gain fat a little bit easier, more sensitive to carb intake. Uh, they, how they would visualize it is you have a little bit more of a pear-shaped body. Uh, with an ectomorph, you have a faster metabolism. And so it's very hard for you to gain weight. Usually runners are ectomorphs, a little bit skinnier, taller. Um, and then the mesomorphs are people who are able to put on muscle very easily. Um, they have the genetic ability to metabolize certain nutrients a lot better and, 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 and have that protein synthesis happen for them to really build muscle. Um, and so like typically, I mean, like when I was back, back in high school, I, I had a lot of friends, I think we were mesomorphs because they would just eat freaking cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and they wouldn't work out, but they would be like, they would be lifting two plates. Like imagine like a 15 year old, just like pushing two plates on a bench, right? So, but yeah, anyways, going back to what you were saying. Yeah. So that, that study was saying that the average Caucasian are mesomorphs. Oh, is that right? Yeah. The average. All right. Just the average. So. Um, we're not saying that it's the American, please. That's, that's just, yeah. We're just uh, saying that Caucasians have a, you know, a higher bone density, a thicker bone density, as well as, uh, you know, very, very well-built muscled. So, uh, not too long, not too short tendons and a very full muscles. So I'm pretty sure, you know, Arnold can reflect that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's how it kind of came along. So now we've taken care of uh, two categories out of this. So the only category left is our own. <laughs> okay. So what typically do, um, now this is, <laughs> we talk to you a lot. Like we talk, we have girls, we have girlfriends and things like that. So typically they, they're a little, some are a little bit um, resistant to Asian men. Okay, just because they're they're they keep saying that we're shorter. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else is a what else is a a, a, a a very stereotypical thing of you know Asian men? Asian men. I mean, growing up physically, right? Not not mentally. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I guess mentally it'd be like, oh, I'm Asian men. Or yeah, you know when you grow up and you watch the TV shows, the Asian guys are always the hackers. You know, like the, the hacker guys or the kung fu guys. Yeah. And they're usually the small, like fast, sneaky little kung fu guys. Right? Yeah. Like Jet Li or Jackie Chan or whatnot. <laughs> a good representation of our race, right? It's Jet Li and Jackie Chan. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. But they're famous, man. They made it. And, yeah. And and they're very they're highly respectful, respectful, respectful. Yeah. Highly respected individuals. All right. It's not how the judges say. Um, but you know, other stereotypes, I guess, could be. I don't know. I guess it, honestly, it also depends on what areas of Asia, because there's also Taiwan, where now they explain uh, a lot of Taiwanese guys uh, this age to be, I don't know if you know, like Zainan, you know? Yeah. Kind of like the, the nerdy ones. The nerdy ones that just play video games all day, super slim, skinny, yeah. um, wears glasses, and, and doesn't do much with their life. Wow, that's a big stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know, like, what else do you think? All right, so uh, what I've seen is... Um, what I'm going to say is, yeah, I, I did that too. Um, what I'm going to say is the, uh, typical Asian, uh, not just men, but the typical Asian genetics, no matter, I would say mostly in, uh, the China and Southeast Asia, uh, not India, uh, not, not to that portion, but we're talking about Southeast Asia, yes. like Malaysia, 
uh, Philippines, all that. Well, Philippines, I, I, I wouldn't put it in there because it's a mix of a lot of different races. It, right, right. So I'm just going to specifically say the yellow skin, black hair, the, the one they, they make the most of to the Chinese, um, that we struggle. We don't say we, we're born with a longer torso, okay, a longer ribcage and a shorter limbs. Mm. So it's almost the opposite of what the, the, the black mm. actually have. Now, with that being said, there are, it just sounds like, like we have a lot of disadvantages with like a long torso and like short legs because it makes us look like a monkey, <laughs> right? But honestly, we can look at it from a different perspective is, you've, you watched the Olympics, right? Yes. What's, who, do you know who is the Olympic champion for weightlifting? Uh, is it the, the Lee Shao Dream Gun? I can't remember his name. What the race is he? Chinese. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That guy's is sad for a whole morning. Goodness. Yeah. So, um, we can, we, you guys can Google it or we can put like a sort of small video here for you. Um, why Asians are so good at Olympic weightlifting. Okay. It's actually, it's got to do with how we're born with a long torso and short limbs. You can actually look at it yourself. If you guys are at the gym, look at somebody who squats, who is not Asian and who's like another race versus somebody who is Asian and watch how they squat. Why do you think we can do the mainland squat that we can ask to grass? Oh. So the ass to grass thing is how we are, our, our limbs are actually shorter. Our femurs and our tibias are literally, so for the, our thigh bone and our calf bone is a little bit shorter. So, and our hips are actually born a little bit wider. That, that gives us the ability to actually squat ass to grass. From a sport perspective, yeah. especially weightlifting, the objective is to just move the weight from the ground to above your head. So with the longer torso and short limbs, that travel distance, when we, as soon as we lift it up, above the ground, that momentum goes up. Gotcha. And as we just need to tuck ourselves below the load and we, and we good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the distance for that travel distance, it's much shorter compared to somebody who's got longer limbs. They've got to squat lower mm -hmm. and they've got to stand up a lot. Right. That travel distance is just so much higher. Yeah. Yeah. I, I must not have been born with very good Chinese genetics. Me too. Because I, ha I have a really bad butt wink. Oh, me too. My posterior pelvic tilt is like, fuck, goes right under when I try to squat. And it's so annoying because I've tried so hard to fix it. And I know like there's, you know, so many different ways you can fix it. Elevate your heels, uh, you stretch your hamstrings. Uh, I'll find the optimal squat stance, the perfect with the perfect angle. It's so hard. Have you fixed yours? I'm still in the process of fixing. I know where the problem is, but I'm still in the process of fixing. Yeah, what do you think the problem is? So my problem is my ankle mobility. Gotcha. Yeah. So you can't extend your knees, you know, flex your knees past your toes. Kind of. And it's only my right ankle. Oh. <laughs> so the imbalances is, um, you will probably have the same struggle if you drive. Mm. So if you think about it, when we're driving, we only drive with one leg, unless you got to drive a stick. Right. So. When we drive automatic, our right leg is basically on the pedal and the brake. It doesn't work most of the time. So we're always on like training the plantar flexion motion. 
and you know by you no know, if you drive more you know and we're just kind of like doing this movement the plantar flexion movement all the time and then so we trained that range of motion and then dorsiflexion just get weaker and weaker right gotcha yeah and then my hip imbalance between my left and right hip the si joint is kind of like it doesn't rotate as well so that's just my own problem and so uh, I feel like I could get a bigger range of motion on my left when you, you'll know it when you actually start doing like split squats and stuff. Right. And then, you know, you don't get as good on your right. Uh, and also when you sit and you try your internal rotation, your external rotation and your on your right is crap. Yes. Yes. And then, yeah. And then you have no internal rotation on your left. Yeah, the driving literally like screws up the, your squat. And squat is such a scientific thing. There's so many aspects to it. That's why like there's literally a squat university channel. Yeah. They're teaching us squat. And I have, I have some clips on there on the channel if you guys want to check it out. But you know, if you think you're squatting correctly, that's great. Maybe, maybe you are. But a lot of times, a lot of times, you're probably not unless you have, you know, really great, really good range of motion. But I think a lot of people don't. Yeah. And then I think now everybody's better informed now, now with social media. And I just go, could you say, you know, the Squad University, you help you guys out, you know, how how to deal with your squad, you know, what is the most, you know, quote unquote, ideal, or optimal, yeah. things like that. But at the end of the day, there are different range of motions for for stances. Uh, you might find your most optimal stance for your squat. You might even find your most strongest stance. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean like a a wide stance or narrow stance squat is not beneficial. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, and then there's another thing that I wanted to mention with uh, what is his name, Liu Xiaojun. Yeah. I just just came into my head because I used to watch a lot of you know the videos that they post of him on YouTube. I'm pretty sure they can't, they're not supposed to post him or like he can't post because they're in China. Something. Oh yeah, they don't have YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah. But like I was looking at his training regimen, right? And like we'll put a picture up, but like if you look at his chest, man, it's it's a really nice chest. It's a very well developed chest and. You know, number one, sure, maybe genetics. But number two, like, one thing I noticed is that he says he never does bench press. No, he doesn't do any bench press. The only chest exercise he does. He said, it, 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 I can't remember what he said, but he only does military press, obviously, for Olympic lifting. Right. Uh, but he, the only chest exercise he does is dips, push-ups, and that's pretty much it. And so, you know, sometimes that comes to the question of, is bench press really beneficial? You mean barbell or like? Yeah, barbell bench press. Barbell bench press? Yeah. It's just a purpose, honestly. So for him, yeah. his sport is Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. The weight is never on him horizontally. Right. Then he doesn't need it. Right. It's not functional for him. Right. So, okay, yeah. So functional training, that's another thing. Functional training does not exist. Functional training is whatever is functional for you. So I'm just going to get that out there. Yeah, I'm just going to get that out there. So people say, oh, you're functional training stuff like bullshit, man. <laughs> that's fucking bullshit. So whatever is functional for you or for your sport, that is functional. So for me, people say, it's like, oh, why don't you do like rotation or side lunges and things like that? It's like, fuck, man, I'm a bodybuilder. Why, why would I need the anti? Why the fuck would I need side lunges for? Yeah. I don't need that. 
And even as a powerlifter, man, you know, like a powerlifter, they might do like, um, they might do accessory like with dumbbell work, but hypertrophy is not one of their main concerns. It's going to act like an accessory. So same thing. So all these barbell stuff and a very like anti, so far powerlifter, anti-flexion, anti-extension, anti-rotation, uh, those are functional for them. Yes. Yeah. Right. And, and, and. One thing, one other thing I was gonna mention is, like, let's just let's just put for example, someone was training for, let's say bodybuilding. No, let's not say bodybuilding. Let's say aesthetics. Their their main goal of training was to have a really aesthetic, nice shape, nice shape, nice looking muscles. And then you look at Lu Xiaojing. Yeah, he has a really nice shaped chest. Right. And so now it begs the question. Should I even do bench press or less even dumbbell pressing if I want to get a nice chest? Why not? Why not? Mm. I don't see why not. Mm. Like, it works for him. Doesn't mean it works for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. It's very, very individualized. That's, that's the thing about, like, training. And that's what I like about, you know, when, when you're in this industry for this many years. And I'm actually so glad I actually worked with people in person. Yeah. Because in the very beginning of my, uh, uh, you know, training or personal training years, you know, you, you, you might develop one program that might, may or may not fit for all, but you'll try to attempt it. Yes. You know, right. And then you'll see, you'll start to see like new changes, like something, some people respond very well to these workouts. Some people don't respond at all to this workout. Mm -hmm. Some people will like it for like a a weekly progression. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people will progress, uh, you know, very predictably on paper. Mm -hmm. Some people don't. And, uh, and then some people just like, you know, don't like it. So then it's a, it's a really good way uh, as an in-person trainer for you to really observe how to individualize things for sure. and look for different things. Um, so for uh, the message for that, honestly, is I, I don't want you to think that one type of training um, uh, will reflect who, you know, who you want to be look like. So let's say if you want to look like, um, I'll say Jeff Nippert, okay? Maybe his training and maybe his programs yeah, might help you, but it doesn't mean that it's going to make you look like him. Mm-hmm. He has this genetic cap and you have your own genetic cap. I think we talked about this, I think, in the last episode, something along those lines, yeah. at least, right? But again, he. Uh, let's, I'm going to take Jeff Nippert again. If you guys don't know Jeff Nippert, go check him out. He is a what? Bodybuilder slash powerlifter, but he's not a really competitive one. Yeah, I'd say he's a power building kind of guy. Right. Yeah. And, but he doesn't, he didn't compete, right? No, I don't think he ever competed. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, bad example. But oh well, we're kind of like, <laughs> we're kind of dug our hole into it anyways. <laughs> so, I'm going to keep talking about him. So, what his, so yeah, as you said, yeah, you're right. He's a power builder. So, what he mixes is he mixes powerlifting and bodybuilding together in a set program. Yeah. Mainly for us to uh, build muscle and build strength at the same time. Mm-hmm. Simple enough. Great. <clears throat> now, the thing is, is he will sell programs on his website. I've tried one, his push-pull leg, push-pull leg. Okay. Um, it's a six-day split. Yeah, the volume is insane. It's absolutely, in, yeah. Insane as in too much? It's way too much. Like recovery, you're, we're really looking at, um, we're really looking at at least an hour and a half to two hours of training time, including rest times. 
Yeah. So it's 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 absolutely insane. An hour and a half to two hours per working session, and working six days a week. Six days. Oh yeah, that honestly, that is way too much. Unless you're on uh, some sort of like. Still, man, like, yeah, even, even they're on like anabolics, like, I don't know, man, I don't think, I, I still think it's just way too much volume for, at least for myself, right? Right. So me being, you know, what we talked about, an ectomorph, somebody who is, um, who's, you know, naturally skinny. Yeah. Uh, for me to handle that volume is, it just doesn't work for me. So once... So that's uh, that that program just honestly didn't work, and it actually tanked my progress. And it's not only that, but I kind of like lost the motivation to uh, keep training in that program. As so I like number one, like every time I train, it feels like a drag. And then again, uh, you know, I don't get any rest days. Like that one Sunday when you're rest day, you know, when we're still sore from. I think the Friday workout and then Monday we're going to have to dive in again. Mm-hmm. It kind of just really, really drains us. It uh, drains me at least. Uh, I don't know how many of you have you tried it. So it's definitely just not my type of program. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but from, from that point, I think um, I was a little bit lost and I didn't have a program to go. And then me wanting, you know, to compete again. So this was 2000 and. 18, 2019 in between. Right. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I didn't have, I didn't have a, a place. I, I didn't, I didn't know where to go. So I think some things are, if you don't have a, a suitable program. Yeah. You know, it could really, really slow down your progress. Yes. Yeah. And I think a lot of people overlook that because especially beginners, you know, I, I mean, if you're a beginner, Almost any program could be beneficial to an extent, uh, but I think a lot of people, well, a lot of people overlook is you know I, um, I could just t- a lot of people just say hey no I could just take this program off the internet and I could just do it and I'll make progress and sometimes yes, well a lot of times no because the program has to be sp- so specific to the individual and and we know this because we've been trainers for a while and we've had a, we've had a tons of i mean to him more than me but we've had a tons of different clients with different let's say different fitness goals different starting points different body types different lifestyles even and when we take that holistic point of view everybody has a different lifestyle when can we work out how many days a week can we work out all of that has to be taken into account to make sure that we're making this program not only effective, but as well as sustainable. Because if you can sustain it and be consistent with this workout program, it, it's not going to get you anywhere, right? And so our job as trainers and your job uh, as tr- trainees is just to make sure that number one, we're consistent. Number two, we're actually doing it right. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure Jeff Nippert has programs that work for, you know, a certain group of people and, and I'm sure they're very good programs. He is obviously very knowledgeable. If you haven't, again, if you haven't checked him out, go to his YouTube channel and and watch his videos. All of his, you know, everything he claims, everything he says is, is backed up by science. And, and I also wanted to mention real quick that JPG also is a very uh, smart uh, influencer, personal trainer. Um, 
And yeah, I think he also does coaching. Actually, I don't want to get into that right now. There's a, there's, there's some controversy with <laughs> with his training programs, but we can leave that for another episode. Um, but yeah, you uh, did you want to kind of talk a little bit more about you know lifestyle and the you know soreness and habits and things like that? Yeah, honestly, from I'm gonna just speak from uh, you know personal experience, but I'm sure I'm not gonna be the only one. So if you relate, great. Okay, so um, for during those times when I was working uh, in that particular program, and I wasn't working with a with a coach, um, I really felt demotivated, and this demotivation kind of led to quite a bit. But the, I think the the biggest thing that really affected me was um, I wasn't sleeping very well, and then but I was accounting. Like, I was like, man, I slept eight hours, but it's not a deep sleep, right? It's it's not a very, you know, well-rested uh, session. And then, you know, I just, I just wake up, but I still feel tired. Uh, and I didn't have the motivation to actually work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's just like now we're a little bit more wiser and then just felt, and then we know that it, with a really bad program with like overtraining all them. Yeah, it really, it really tanked. Um, I, I don't know about testosterone because I never actually got my blood tested to, to, to look at that. But then uh, physical energy level and mental energy level were definitely like an all-time low. Yeah. Uh, so that that was a that was a good thing. And I thought it was, man, man, other lifestyles, it must be other stuff in my life. I didn't think about that from the, in, the, in the beginning. I actually thought it was, and am I like just sleeping too late or am I just being a little bitch about whining about it? Uh, but it actually did, you know, the, the sleep part was uh, a very, very big thing. Uh, the quality of the sleep was really, really bad. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the bigger things. And then muscle soreness was also another one. Muscle soreness actually kind of uh, was a, the one that bothered me the second most right. that I was aware of. Right. Uh, number one, the volume, with that, with that amount of volume, my muscles weren't able to um, recover. And once that is the case, you know, we we tend to get a little bit more tense. Our body actually tenses up in twos. And then we lose a little bit of the elasticity in our muscles. Mm. And so we call it quote unquote tight. Mm. And now what we do is once you, if you think about a muscle is a, an elastic band mm-hmm. and the tendons are the two metal pieces that attach to this elastic band, mm-hmm. if your muscle, if that elastic band is already pulled to its almost its limit, it doesn't have the elasticity left. So where, what's going to do is what's going to happen is the tendons actually start taking um, those, uh, uh, those limits. And then, so if you can think of your tendons, it only has a very minimal type of range of range of elasticity, right? Right. So that's when your that's when your tendons will start take, tanking him, and then it will probably lead to like joint pain yes. and inflammation, and then you just feel like, oh my knee, my knee hurts, my elbow hurts, my shoulder hurts. That's when all those tendons <laughs> come in. Um, and I actually had that. I actually, <laughs> I actually had that. Yeah. Uh, my left knee, I still remember my left knee, my left elbow, and my left wrist. Wow. Yeah, those are those are the 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 main ones that were there at least for me at least. Yeah. Right, right, right. So these little things uh, actually attacked my progress for sure. Yeah. Uh, what something uh, some things that you may have experienced? Yeah, and I wanted to mention that little, even though they seem like little things. I read this book; it's called The Compound Effect. Right. Um, and it just explains that each little thing that you do 
compounds to a very big effect in the future. And so let's just say, for example, you want to lose weight and you're eating, let's say, two, 300 calories less a day. It's not much, right? Maybe like a can of Coke and a piece of bread, something like that. If you just eat a little bit less every day, maybe within the next year or two, you'll lose that weight. And so even though it's a small change, uh, it can lead to a big difference. And so um, I, I think sleep is also one of those things that really screwed me over because I am, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty busy, I would say. Like I, I'm a full-time school BCIT student and obviously the BCIT course load is extremely intensive. We're taking eight courses at a time. You know, sometimes we're having exams every day of the week for a week straight, um, right? And then I'm also, I'm, I also need to make sure that I have income coming in. So I have to pick up my personal training clients. I have to do those. And on top of that, I still want to do what I'm passionate about, which is sharing about fitness and just doing this fitness podcast. And so this is also very time consuming. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is also very, very time consuming. Uh, but no, I'm glad Adrian is now on board and we're going to do it together. And, and hopefully this platform grows the way we want it to. But going back to sleep, sleep. I believe, uh, again, like you said, poor recovery, poor mental, physical energy. And one thing is that I believe this is a proven fact that if you don't sleep enough, you actually get a very strong decrease in testosterone levels. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yes. And, um, and so a lot of people, cause, uh, well, I, I used to search up, I'm, I mean, I, I was 19, I didn't need to search this up, but I searched up, how do I boost my testosterone levels naturally? And about steroids. Stars. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> but the, the, one of the things was, uh, eat lots of, not, not, not lots of, but eat, uh, foods with fat inside because fats are the backbone of your, uh, hormones. So we don't, when he's, yeah, when you're not, that's very, it's, it's more difficult to, pr- to produce hormones. Um, and then another thing is sleep. When you don't sleep enough, you don't get enough testosterone. Uh, and what, what else is there? There was also magnesium, magnesium, zinc, zinc, magnesium types of iron. Um, it doesn't boost your testosterone, but think of it as it. It supplements it. You're not deficient. In it. Yeah, you, it supplements the testosterone. Yeah, right. right. And so, I mean, testosterone is a whole nother topic. I yeah, think. we're not going to go that. Yeah, we're just going to go to that rabbit hole, man. We're in, yeah, it's 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 not where. Why what? Why are we here? Yeah. We're really here. Uh, speaking of this right now, is there are many factors to really tank your progress yes. uh, if you're you know just looking to get fit for the summer which is going to be holy shit it's almost end of, it's end of january now that's so quick i didn't right? realize four weeks in four weeks into uh 2023 already so you guys are literally 12 weeks six 12 to 16 weeks out from the summer uh that translates to four months if you guys yeah um that's the asian math part of me i can do that <laughs> um so with all being said, 16 weeks is not a lot of time to count backwards. If you want this type of physique, uh, if your dream body is within this week, within these 16 weeks, count backwards and you kind of need to start literally right now. And then, um, so that's, so types of things that I think we can, uh, you can start to move baby steps mm-hmm. uh, or we can just identify things that would potentially just tank a lot of your progress. 
Uh, sleep is going to be my, my number one pick. Uh, and a efficient program is going to be my second pick. Mm -hmm. But then other stuff, I think, uh, from a nutritionist standpoint, low protein intake is going to be a good one. Mm -hmm. it, you know, and some people ask, you know, what is high and what is low what is too low. Um, you like do the math, weigh yourself. Okay. Weigh yourself. Um, let's say we work in pounds, right? I don't know how, I don't know how to do this in kilos. So if you weigh yourself and we're, yeah. So weigh yourself in kilos, let's say you are an average male about 150 pounds. Mm -hmm. Technically you want to work with like a 0.8 to 1%. Mm -hmm. No, not 1%. 0.8% of your total pound. Mm -hmm. Did that work that correctly? It sounds wrong for some reason. Well, yeah, zero point eight to one pound per per per. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's how you say it. Yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah, zero point eight to one gram. gram per pound. Yeah, there you go. Ah, there you go. Okay. See, that's that. That is also, I think, is a good. Uh, 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 yeah, that's a good starting point. Rule of thumb, right? You can even Google this. Uh, and then a good program is going to bring you very good consistency. Yes. So this is a must, must, must. Okay. You have, even though you have good program, you don't do it, uh, to the fullest extent. It's, it's still meaningless. Okay. Don't do half-ass jobs. You know, like just don't, oh, you see your program, it has cardio and it has weightlifting. Just don't do the cardio part, not do the weightlifting. Do both. Okay. Yeah. So the consistent part is also one of them. Um, and then all the other rest of them, I think is, uh, is minor. But as you said, I yes. think you made a really, really good point. Uh -huh. One small thing yeah. is going to manifest into a larger thing. Yes. Right? So what is the one thing I actually want to bring up is drinking. Oh, yeah? Are you a, were you a drinker? Are you a drinker? Not anymore, right? Not, no, not anymore. I haven't drank for a long time. Well, <laughs> no. Honest to shoot, the last time I drank was uh, Christmas. Okay. Yeah, that's when I was drank. Because I before Christmas, I did not drink because we were prepping for the show right. in October. Right. And then that was the longest time I didn't drink. It was at least a year and a half where no sip of alcohol. Right. Uh, I think maybe even more than that. It was been too long, so I don't remember. But drinking um, once every weekend, hanging out with friends. I know you guys have social lives. You're not like, an, you're not like a full-time athlete like myself. So uh, drinking on social events is sometimes unavoidable. Uh, but really just one drink. I know that's very, very hard, but if you just take, if you have one drink per week and then you tight and then that becomes, Hey, has to have one more and then one more becomes two more or she becomes four. Yes. And then just, that's how it just manifest. Um, and I know drinking is going to be a, a very hard one to, to, to control. Um, but would you say, I would say drinking is going to be a big one because it's uncounted calories. Mm. It's very uncounted calories and you don't know some of the, where the calories come from. Some may just be just pure fats mm -hmm. and some alcohol could be just pure carbohydrates. Yes. And the majority, I would say majority of them, right? Because yeah. Yeah. But, uh, what would you think? What, like, how would you want to know your take on, you know, vaping and smoking? Cause I don't do those. Well, when I was like very young, but then I didn't lift yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think for vaping and smoking is, and I think this is a very important topic to cover because I do realize that a lot of my listeners are, or a lot of our listeners are, are in that age category where vaping is just so popular. Right. And, and vaping 
I know you guys know that it's bad. I, everyone knows it's bad. Why do you do it? I don't know. Why did I do it before? I don't know either. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe to look cool, maybe for, you know, to fit in because everybody else is doing it. But if you have goals of being number one healthy, obviously don't vape. But if you also have a goal of being, uh, being an athlete, right? If you have the goals of working out and actually progressing in the gym, vaping and smoking is not going to be good for you. And, and, and for common sense reasons, you guys will know this you smoke after you smoke, you're going to feel like your throat is going to start to close up. You can't get as much air into your system, into your lungs. And so like when you're going to do cardio, you'll feel it. Like you're not going to be able to get the breath that you need to do this exercise. Right. And I think even just with, you, you might be saying, oh, weightlifting, you know, that's, that's not cardio. That's not going to require a lot of oxygen, but really it does. And it does. Yeah. And it does. I think, um, that's the whole, I'm not going to go through that rabbit hole, but that's going to be a, a coaching thing, mm -hmm. uh, which we won't talk about. Uh, if you guys want coaching, yeah, go ahead down there for the description. There's a coaching link there. Go for that. <laughs> and then we'll tell you all about it. <laughs> um, but yes, that's a very, very good point for the, for, for smoking and vaping. Um, I used to smoke, but it didn't lift yet. So by smoking for me, it was, it was just to look cool. It was just to like, just, it was the main reason it was just to look cool mm. and you and just, you know, find your, yourself within your, you know, friends and all that stuff. It's just because your friends mm -hmm. do it and then you do it, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, not the best influence, but anyways, uh, moving forward. Um, I think this is going to be a fun one. Okay. Okay. Um, some people watch, uh, you know, porn. Yeah. No. And, uh, some people are you know, kind, kind of addicted to that stuff. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you. Yeah. Like, do you, do, do you think, like, from my personal perspective, I can't speak for everybody. Yeah. And I can only speak for a very small population. Um, like, I'm married, so uh, I, I don't, I don't watch it. Mm. Yeah, I don't watch it at all. Mm. I don't see the need to. The, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't see the need to. And uh, being on prep for the past couple of years, we don't, ha I don't have that urge. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think, um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, even if they're in relationships, still, still watch porn for some reason. Do, do I watch porn? Very occasionally. A bit like bare, like if I were to put it in, if I were to quantify it, it would probably be once a month. All right. Once a month. And like, that's honest to God, like I'm being totally transparent with that number. Like what's a month? I don't see, I don't, I don't think I find a very strong appeal to it as, as like, uh, if I were, you know, like I remember when I was like 15, it would have been like a very exciting thing for me. But now, you know, I, like, I got better things to do than that shit. But, but I actually saw a video that Jeff Nipper made, quote me if I'm wrong, but this is how I remember it. He says that watching porn before you work out can actually give you a small testosterone boost and it would even look at like a little bit of an energy boost which is weird i know but you guys should try it let me let us know how it goes yeah i i can see how that kind of makes sense you, you think so i can see how kind of makes sense um because arousal uh, will promote testosterone. Mm. Yeah, I can see how that makes sense. 
but I don't know. That's only on paper. <laughs> yeah. That's only on paper. I'm not sure about it in a practical sense. So yes, you're right, guys. You can try it. Let us know. We're not going to do that. <laughs> I just kind of just like on the phone at the gym. <laughs> I do the set and the rest time set. What? <laughs> Imagine getting caught doing that, you know, like <laughs> connecting to the gym Wi-Fi and then just watching porn on that. That's embarrassing. People ask you for progress, for gym progress. Imagine like, but then that leads to another thing. If you watch porn, it's very likely that you want to get one off. So yeah, yeah. what about getting one off and then work out? <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. That's that's actually I don't know if you've seen the previous Jim Rohn talks videos, but I asked a bunch of influencers this question. Right. I said, Noel, hey, like, what's your opinion on fapping and working out? Yeah, and his answer was actually very very good because he said the effects of it, based on the studies, is so minuscule that it more so depends on how the person reacts rather than how the body reacts. Okay, so the body could react differently. But if you if you feel after you fap you feel enthusiastic you feel energized, um, versus some people they feel depressed and sad and lethargic. So depending on how you feel after, is gonna be you know uh, you gotta determine how you perform during your workout, is what I think. What do you think? I haven't tried. You haven't tried. I haven't tried. No way! I have not tried. No, just like by like, uh, I honestly have not tried fapping, and then go work out. Interesting. I have not tried. Maybe I'll try. <laughs> Maybe I'll try, and I'll let you guys know. Yeah, you know how I feel. Um, but let's just not say fapping. Okay. Let's just say, uh, you know, I got one off. Uh huh. But you like, I, I just got one off, and I usually just feel. You know, of course you'll feel happy. Right. But I don't feel any, I want to do anything physical. Right. Okay. And that's so far away. I just come up with the top of my head. So sure. You said, you said after, after I get one off, you feel, tired. I feel, yeah, I'm not tired. I feel happy. You feel happy. I don't want to do anything physical. Like if you say, Hey man, let's go out and eat. Let's go out and eat or let's go out and have a walk. It's like, no. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So I can't see myself getting one off. And then go lift. Yeah, I feel that too. I doesn't feel that too. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe there are some people that feel like fucking want to pump one out after, you know. But if you're one of those people, I want to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Share your experience. I would love that. Yeah. Have you seen Connor Murphy? Do you know who Connor Murphy is? I don't know who that is. Okay, Connor Murphy was someone I really respected as a kid. And he was, I don't know, maybe respect is not one of those words. Not not that guy. Oh, is not not the not the hot defense player? No. <laughs> no kind of bodybuilder? Bodybuilder. A bodybuilder. Uh, I wouldn't say respect, but I really wanted his physique as a kid. So I'd watch a lot of his YouTube videos. But recently, he has changed. And I think a lot of people know this. I made a video on this that went viral before, actually. So this guy actually drinks his own jizz. Oh shit! Yeah, he drinks his own gin. So he went through something that I think kind of fucked him up in the head, but now he acts a little bit weird. That's judgmental, but he is acting a little bit weird. And he drinks his own. He he made a video with some other guy, and they shared drinks. And his his, his idea is that 
Like <laughs> his idea is that if you drink jizz, it's like Cambridge. Excuse All me. right, I'm sorry. I was just watching this uh, <laughs> this video on one of his. Uh, Okay, I'm gonna date this back to February 22nd of 2021. You guys can watch it. Uh, it's uh, called, I can't read this word, what? Primasati Yoga Technique, known as the Lion Tamer. Oh, I think I've heard of the Lion Tamer in the yoga pose. Okay. Um, yeah, okay, anyways, keep going. I don't wanna interrupt you. Oh, no, no, no worries. I was just saying that he drinks his own juice because he believes it gives him energy and gives him protein, even though there's like not that, I mean, there's protein in your jizz. I mean, your protein is jizz, but like it, 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 it's, there's not, it's not gonna be that effective. Who knows, maybe try it and find out. I got to <laughs> I'm rub off, one rub one off and just would like put it in my protein shake. I ain't gonna do that. Yeah, but uh, I, he, he does that. Okay. And, um, but that's what I, because we were talking about like, you know, probably that stuff. So that came into my head. But I mean, he still looks pretty jacked. So maybe it's working. Yeah, it might work for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not try that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you get, if you guys like think, if you look guys look up to him, uh, you know, definitely try it. <laughs> Uh, I would not recommend that too, because I, I have no experience in that. Yeah. So I can't say for sure there's a uh, there's a good scientific uh, supporting to that. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I think uh, that's uh, that covers quite a bit of uh, what we wanted to share in terms of uh, you know things to keep in mind when we've got 16 weeks until the summer comes. Yeah. So you know everybody's you know kind of getting on the grind. Look good for summer. It's gonna be awesome. Beach bods, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just set you know goals for yourself. Like hit milestones every month. I think that's a really good goal setting for for uh, for us to have. Yeah, and I think um, one one thing with setting goals is, I think another thing is actually progressing too fast. Actually, I don't know if we've mentioned that yet. No, I don't think so. But when you set goals, it's good to set realistic goals and achievable goals. Because what happens is I think a lot of people these days, especially when you walk into the gym, it can get like, for some people it can get intimidating. And then for some people it's like, wow, this guy is lifting so much weight. And then when you go ahead and you go into the bench press, the guy before you might be lifting two plates or three plates. And then you might walk in and then you go onto the bench and you're like, man, if I only lift the bar or if I only lift 20 pounds, it's not going to look good. And so you might start sliding more weight on there, even though you can't handle it. But sometimes what happens is even though it looks like you can handle it, even though if you're pushing those reps up, it could be doing more damage than uh, benefits. Because what happens is when you progress too fast, your joints might not be able to catch up to how fast your muscles progressing. Which you're I totally agree with what you said, because that just related to what I was doing with the Jeff Nippert uh, uh -huh. program, right? Yeah. I totally agree with that. You know, when you once you said, you know, progressing too fast, boom, that was the immediate response I actually had. The, yeah, it was definitely too much volume. Um, it wasn't really just for the gram, but it was really uh, based on uh, me not being that level type of a lifter mm. back then. And then working towards what was quote unquote, a a suitable RPE which was quite high 
and then uh, you know we, we would just not be able to recover from that. And what would you say is a good RPE to aim for? Depends on for what. It really depends for what. Uh, let's say for a typical bodybuilding program. So the you know science suggests that a good RPE is anywhere between six to eight. Six to eight. Six to eight point five RPE. Okay. So if you work that backwards, that's just four to what point five RIR reps in reserve. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. But yeah, that's going to be a good range for bodybuilding. So it has been shown that uh, training to failure, which is going to be another topic, uh, training to failure has shown to be, uh, you know, inefficient and for 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 muscle hypertrophy. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That is going to be a whole. That's going to be a whole new other thing. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that because I've seen some videos. I know, like Jeremy Jeremy Ethier. Do you know that guy? So Jeremy Ethier, he's made videos with, you know, saying how beneficial leaving reps in reserve is. Again, that's for, that's another episode that we can talk about because I think it's beneficial to know about that kind of information. But then there's also influencers that say training to failure is actually, so it's a little bit of a controversy, a controversial topic because sometimes people say train to failure, sometimes people say don't. Uh, but yeah, that is pretty much it for the episode today. Adrian, do you have anything else you'd like to share? No, um, I think we covered a, a really good round. Uh, I'm really happy that we got some of the messages across. Uh, please take those, some of the advice to heart uh, as we, you know, we're not just like BSing here. We did a lot of research uh, to share some of the stuff that we have today. Uh, if you have any questions, any questions, please in the comments below, please give us a rating as well. It really, really help us. Yeah, and, you know, comment, give us feedback, say, you know, what you like, what you don't like. What we want to do is make sure that we're doing a good job so that you enjoy these episodes as much as we enjoy making them. So, yeah, that is pretty much it for the second episode of Season 2. Hopefully you guys have learned a lot from today's episode and had a good laugh with us. But we will see you in Episode 3.